The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, hey, hey! But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna oh, freeze. Wait. <laughs> Welcome to the Points in the Paint podcast presented by Stadium. We are Stadium's NBA podcast, and we're back after a week off. Ben Wittenstein. Zach Badger House is always in the house. Zach, we had off for Thanksgiving. Yes. It went well for you? Did you eat well? I ate pretty decent for the most part. It's a pretty crazy weekend, but for the most part, we, we're good and we're settled. It's a new week, new beginnings. It is. <laughs> it is. And, you know, New Year's is right around the corner. Christmas right around the corner. Hanukkah has already started. So yes. we're deep in the middle of, uh, of almost winter time, which means, though, NBA basketball starting to get a little bit more fun we're we're kind of in that uh, 20 game mark that you talked about like week one week two is where you finally start to really know what these teams are made of (laughs) or you'll pull the plug and you have a team that you're going to pull the plug on uh as we get through the show so i'm happy about that so this is coming out on wednesday we're recording on tuesday evening so the suns play the warriors tonight so maybe that 16 game win streak is a 17 game win streak or the Warriors continue their win streak to eight games tonight. So we're, we're not sure yet about that one. But that's all good, though, because it's either they've won 17 in a row or they mm-hmm. or they've won 16 of their last 17 games. <laughs> <laughs> so, either, so either way, you can pray either way, you can phrase it and frame it a certain way so it can still be positive as it relates to the to the Phoenix Suns. And on the other end, with the Golden State Warriors, if they lose, you can kind of frame it the similar way as well. So yeah. it's all good either way going into the game. It's going to be hot. It's going to be a high game, man. I'm looking forward Ooh. to both both matchups because they play twice this yeah, week. Yeah, they play Friday. Yeah, you're right. They play Friday, which is crazy because this is, I think, one of the best matchups we're going to get all season in, mm-hmm. in terms of Warriors and Suns. And because I think they have one of the highest winning percentages of two teams to face off in the NBA during the regular season, um, there there's some of this is going to be maybe a Western Conference finals preview for these two teams. Absolutely. And we get them twice, twice in one week. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know Chris Paul's ready. I know Steph's going to be ready, you know, to keep that momentum going. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that game. Let's get to one big thing of the week. One big thing of the week. That's one thing. One thing. What did we like? What did we dislike? What did we see? Anything that comes to our mind that we saw from this week. And this involves the Phoenix Suns for me, Zach, and it involves the Milwaukee Bucks. And if you were to talk to me, you know, two weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago, I would have said, oh, those teams, the Bucks, the Suns, and the finals, it's, they're slowing them down this season. They're a little bit more tired. Didn't get the full off season that a lot of the teams got. But we're talking about now, November 30th, December 1st. <laughs> there has been no slowdown for the teams in the NBA finals last season. The Bucks are on a seven-game win streak. The Suns on a 16-game win streak or have won 16 of their last 17 games, depending <laughs> on how tonight's game goes out. Um, but either way, 
both these teams playing really, really well now, um, which is a little surprising to me, to be honest. I thought they were kind of going to slow down at least early on in the season. Well, I knew things would turn around for Milwaukee as we kind of share a one big thing here for the for the points in the pay podcast. And, you know, that's kind of my one big thing too, the Milwaukee Bucks and how they've kind of gotten it together. But that's with the thanks of Chris Middleton, of course. He had a turn from injury. And then you got Drew Holiday as well. And Bobby Portis is playing with a ton of confidence. Grayson Allen averages three threes a game and he's averaging double figures. And on top of that, there are six double digit figure guys for the Milwaukee Bucks currently. They're playing some good offense since they've uh, been on this uh, win streak. I believe they're top five offensively and defensively. They are, they've been able to improve. You see Giannis, you know, he's number three oh, in yeah. NBA scoring. You know what I'm saying? 27 points a game. Don't slow with, down for him. Shooting with more confidence from all around the perimeter. I'm talking midi, the pull-up three. He's giving, he's oh, yeah. giving you what the people – had been asking for. And yep. I appreciate that as he continues to elevate his game throughout his career. And you know what the most surprising thing and impressive thing for the Bucks this season is that they haven't had Brooke Lopez since the first game. Mm-hmm. And they it seemed like it took them a little bit to figure out how to maneuver and, and beat without him out without him. But they have figured it out. And and of course Chris Middleton coming back certainly helps because he he's such a big cog on that team. But Man, Giannis's play has been terrific. There has been no slowdown for him. There's no yes, finals sir. hangover at all from Giannis. <laughs> He's eating those Oreos. He's eating Oreos with milk. And that might be his superpower at this point. So He's just been going hard, and and you have to respect it because sometimes you'll see guys after an NBA Finals run, after a deep playoff run, short offseason, they may take a little bit slow and, and kind of caution their way through the season until the playoffs start. But Giannis has been all gas, no breaks at this point. I like that. All gas, no breaks for Giannis, the Greek freak for sure. And then, you know, one thing to mention with their big three, they're not a no when all of them play together. And so that's something that, you know, you have to pay attention to as we go continue down this, this stretch in December. Yeah. And of course, the Suns too, 17 and three, as we mentioned, maybe 18 and three or 17 and four when we <laughs> come out on Wednesday, but they have, they have been really fun to watch, but they lost their first three. Uh, they lost three of their first four games. Of the season, and people were thinking exactly what I was thinking. You know, it's a finals hangover; they're done. It's going to take them a while to get back into the groove of things. And just like that, you snap them back in, and they look awesome. They look really, really fun. And you thought maybe the DeAndre Ayton contract issues uh, with him resigning or not resigning were going to be an issue to this team, and it just hasn't. It's been clicking. Yeah, they all just dive and just unfinished business is how I'm thinking they're looking at, you know, this season. You know, they came up short against uh, the defending champions, the Milwaukee Bucks. And so I think now they're just looking at this season as, you know, unfinished business. We got uh, more work to do if we want to really get over the top and be right back where we were last season in the Phoenix Suns. So I'm excited to see where they're going to really be at. I think you oh, yeah. know, some of those guys say it's just another game, but I don't believe this this game or the next one later on this week is going to be just another game. These two teams are at the top of the West, and so we're going to really see where they're both at during these games. Yeah, D, uh, Phoenix is third in defensive efficiency, third best defensive team in the NBA, and they are fifth in offensive efficiency. Uh, so they are top five in both offense and defense in the NBA this season. That's why they've been just so good. And you're right. I mean, this is a game where both these teams are going to on Tuesday and on 
Friday are going to match up with each other. And it's it's a barometer, right? It's for them to see how good they actually are and how good they can match up against the team that probably is going to stand in their way of getting to the finals with this yes. Warriors and this Suns team. And the Warriors have surprised everyone, uh, to be quite honest. Uh, no one expected them to be 18-2 and two, uh, at this point in the season. But probably not. here they are. <laughs> here they are, and, and they look great. Um, the other team, it looks like you wanted to mention, ATL, Atlanta Hawks. Oh, yeah. Look good. Course, you know, because, number one, the season is a marathon and not a sprint. Oh, yeah. You know, we've seen a, we've seen a few teams start off shaky. You start off rocky. You know what I'm saying? We mentioned the Phoenix Suns. We're going to talk to Dave King about it. You know what I'm saying? The Milwaukee Bucks, they struggled. They got in their act together. The, uh, Atlanta Hawks, that was another team. Trey Young with the, with the foul calls, you know, they kind of struggled a little bit early on. They have turned it around. They got the best home record in the East, Ben. Mm. Trey Young, he's leading the league in 30 point, 10 assist games. They're playing at a high level. Clint Capella, he's battling on the boards. He, I believe he leads the league in rebounds with about 14, 15 rebounds a game. So he's being a stud down there on the glass, Clint Capella and John Collins. He's living up to that contract so far. He can get a little more on that glass too and help out, you know, Clint Capella in terms of, you know, the betting numbers, you know, if he can get about eight rebounds on average for, for a player, you know, we'd, <laughs> we really appreciate it. But, you know, the Atlanta Hawks, I believe they've won their last seven and their last eight games. You know, they're coming off the loss. They're seven and three in their last ten. They're looking pretty good. You know, the wing players are getting better. Um, Cam Reddish definitely playing with some yeah. more energy, you know, coming off that bench. I believe, you know, he's looking for a guy. That's a guy that's going to look to get paid, around, you know, with the rest of the wings over there. And the interesting thing, is too, is the injuries that, uh, that the Hawks have had this season. And this is no rarity for Atlanta, is dealing with injuries. DeAndre Hunter, had that issue with his wrist. Um, he's going to miss eight weeks. So it's been, he's going to miss maybe the next six weeks or so for DeAndre Hunter. And he's such a huge piece to that Hawks team. Um, Bogdan has been in and out of the lineup. He's going to be out for a couple weeks. So you're talking about two really important role players on this team with Hunter and Bogdan who are both out and the Hawks are still winning. Mm-hmm. So, and this happens like the last like two or three years for Atlanta too, is they lose some really big role player and they're still able to find wins. As long as this team is healthy, Zach, going into the playoffs, I think they're going to be one of the more dangerous teams in the league to face if they are healthy. And that with the Atlanta Hawks is a massive if. <laughs> yes, it is. But they were healthy last year for the most part. We'll see what can happen if they'll be able to get Bogdan back. Because I don't know if they'll be able to get – the uh the other guy the other forward back that you mentioned I don't think DeAndre Hunter will be able to yeah, return Hunter. this year I don't think but uh, it uh, says he's expected to miss up to eight weeks eight weeks so, eight, eight more weeks okay so we'll, we'll we'll see you know it depends how he rehabs and everything like that he has been sadly injury prone um for the most part of his career with the with the Hawks so we'll see when he comes back but that was that's what they're saying eight weeks with okay. surgery on his wrist so maybe he'll be back sometime in, in January, early February. You know, there's no need to rush it. The, the Hawks are probably going to make the playoffs, so you don't mm-hmm. need to rush it or something like that. Um, dunk or deny our version of buy or sell, Zach, uh, something that we like, something that we dislike. I am going to be dunking on the East being back. I, the East, I think, is very clearly the best conference in the NBA. And, and right. usually in years past, it's seemingly been the Western Conference, and – I think this year, and we're seeing the, the East become the better conference. 
it's it's not only top heavy. I think the West is the top heavy conference, right? You have the Warriors, you have the Suns, you have the Jazz. Those and are that's it, really. And that's I was that's, really it. that's funny you just said that. I was thinking about that last week. It's like, and I looked at the standings and I said that to myself, like, wow, yeah. it's really only like three guaranteed teams that you know that are like kind of found their way in the West. Yeah, those are teams that you know are probably are going to at least have a shot at making the finals. The Warriors and Suns and the Jazz. And then you just kind of have a cluster of meh, right? You have the Mavs, Clippers, Timberwolves, the Lakers. Like, it's kind of gross as you get to the four seed and up, uh, four seed down in the Western Conference. In the East, you got the Nets, you got the Bulls, you got the Heat, you got the Bucks, who are in fifth, and they're a dangerous team. The Hornets can be a dangerous team. 76ers, when they're healthy, can be pretty dangerous. So I, I think the talent in the East is a little bit more spread out than what we're seeing in the West. The West have the three best teams. But the East have the better teams spread out uh, throughout the top eight, I think. What's interesting about the East and how competitive it is right now is the fact that through context, you know, there's been injuries. So the Boston Celtics, they've been without Jalen Brown. And so he's returning. So we'll see if they'll be able to climb the standings when he returned. Now, he came up short in that 40 plus outing against the Minnesota Timberwolves, but Joel Embiid is back now. And so that'll give the opportunity for the Philadelphia 76ers to climb out of the hole that they are in without him. I think they went on like a six or seven game losing streak without Joel Embiid. And so to have him back, that'll be crucial for their standings and they'll have the opportunity to climb. Look at the Washington Wizards stand afloat. They may not be yeah. number one right now, but they top four and they stand afloat. And Kyle Kuz average is about 15 points a game and about, you know, five, six Our rebounds. Boy. I'm just throwing that out there as we continue that Kuz. <laughs> watching. <laughs> Gotta mention Kyle Kuzma every single episode. It's in the contract. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm liking the East and the East has fewer contenders in my opinion in the West, but mm-hmm. in terms of just pure talent spread out and, and teams that I think are actually capable of maybe making somewhat of a run in the playoffs. I think the East has a lot more of that than what the West has. Um, it's now, now you're dunking. You really like this idea, and it took you a couple weeks. I just want to say I had it first. I said this idea. <laughs> oh <first>. man! <laughs> I said this week what about the Portland Trail Blazers? And what what are what do you like now? What do you think the Blazers should do? All right, so listen, I'm all in. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm all in, but for the most part, I probably will be all in after a few more games from the Portland Trail Blazers. But I yeah. am all in on. Blowing up the Portland Trailblazers. I know you said it first, Ben. Welcome (laughs) to the party, man. I know you said it first. But they just struggle. The offense just doesn't work with what, you know, Chauncey Billups is trying to do. Um, I know know that Damian Lillard is saying he wants to be in Portland and have that Blazers uniform on, but he is certainly not playing like he wants (laughs) to be. In that uniform, being because like he hasn't played well, pretty much like at all. And I've been waiting and kind of waiting, and he's gotten better, you know, for the most part. You know, if you look at the first ten games versus the last ten games, his numbers have improved, but he's nowhere near the same form that we've seen before. And then you know, CJ's kind of trying to carry it a little bit, but like they just don't win enough ball games. They don't have any defense, being. I just don't see that team really staying afloat in terms of being in the postseason more so they may be the last spot for the play-in game. 
Yeah, I 100% agree. I think they swung and severely missed on a coaching hire. I don't think that team needed a first-time head coach. Chauncey Billups is not the answer that Portland needed, and I'm not blaming it all on Chauncey Billups. He's a first-time head coach. You know, He's going to run into issues. He's going to have growing pains. But the team is full of veterans. The team is full of guys that have been to the playoffs before. The team is full of guys that have played together for three years, three or four years. You don't need to bring in a literal brand-new coach to this team. You need a coach that's been established. You need a coach that has experience taking teams through the playoffs. They needed to hire more of a veteran coaching option than hiring a brand-new coach in Chauncey Billups. And I get wanting to maybe think outside the box and maybe thinking Chauncey was going to come in and change things up, but that's not what the team needed, I don't think. And I don't think the team is built to begin with. You could maybe stick in an amazing coach. You can put Greg Popovich in there, and maybe the team still get kicked out by the second round of the playoffs. You know, maybe that's still what this destiny of this team is for, but I, I'm 100% glad you're on that boat. Blow up the Trailblazers, get get Dame to a spot, a team where he can win, or bring a winning team to Dame. I think it's time to break up the duo of Dame and CJ. You know, it just hasn't worked. It's fun. They're great, fun guys. They're good for the league, but the results aren't there. So something needs to be done with the Blazers because they're frustrating, man. They're so frustrating. You're like, this team should win almost every game they're playing, and they don't do it. It just they just lack defensively, man. It's not it's not it's not even an effort thing, Ben. It's not really an effort no. thing. It's the idea that you know they just don't have the guys that can compete night in night out on the defensive side of the ball. And so when you have that element, and I really do think they miss Gary Trent Jr. You know, shout out to my man Jamar. You know what I'm saying because we we've talked about that before. You know, what I'm saying off the podcast, and he's one of the listeners. You know, one of the points painters, all four of the points in the paint podcast. So shout out to him. We've talked about the idea that they let go of Gary Trent Jr. And that was crucial for them. I think they needed that extra offense. And, you know, Norman Powell, he's tried, but I don't think he's as efficient as a Gary Trent Jr. And he's now over there, you know, holding it down in Toronto in the six. And so, you know, and then not having Zach Collins as well, I think that might have been crucial for them. But, you know, they tried with Zeller, but I don't think Zeller just fits over there in yeah. Portland. No, I would agree. I don't think he really fits with what they try to do and the type of offense they try to run. It's just, it's a well-built team. If you want to make the playoffs, if you want to win a championship, you're you're out of luck. I'm sorry. It's just not going to work for the Blazers. They need to move on. They need to make some changes. And uh, hopefully they realize that by the trade deadline, where we're just going to see another playoff series where Dame maybe sneaks through because of a shooting in the first round and then just gets beat up by a better team in in the second round. Okay, uh, before, before we get to your deny, I got to ask oh you a yeah. question. Oh Definitely yeah. got to ask you a question. And this is, I'm just throwing this one on you. I the love Minnesota that. Timberwolves, right? <laughs> now, we've had them, I believe, on a dunk and a deny both yeah. this season. Now, I'm surprised you didn't get back on that on that bandwagon a little bit with the Timberwolves as of late. Now, I'm only saying that. Because yeah. I believe they've won, you know, a few games in a row now. Seven of their last ten. You know, Minnesota Timberwolves. And so, and they're in the sixth spot. I just want to ask you, you know, before we get to deny how you feel about the Timberwolves. <laughs> I was, I never expect a follow-up to what I say on this podcast. I'm never ready for that. Um, no, I do think, I, listen, the Timberwolves is something we expected. They started out hot. They played poorly. And everyone's like, this is what we expect from the Timberwolves, right? They start the season really well. And then they just can't figure it out, and they lose a bunch of games. And now they've won seven of their last ten. They're right in the middle of the Western Conference playoff look. They're sixth in the West. They've been beating some decent teams. They beat the Miami Heat. 
Looked good beating yeah. the Miami Heat. Beat the 76ers in overtime the other day. They beat the Pacers. After being down a good portion of that game, they came back and beat the Pacers. So this team has fight in them that I don't think we have seen from Timberwolf teams of, of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Carl Anthony Towns has been improving as a player. D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo Russell's player has been playing good. well for them too. Like, he, and, and he's averaging, yeah, he's averaging about seven assists during these last these these wins that they've had so far. Yeah. And I think so. That's done a good job for them with Anthony Edwards, you know, to get him involved more attacking the rim and everything. So I just wanted to make sure you know you you were still paying attention. They was on your oh, radar yeah. a little bit. No, I know. I was. I was. I think it was like week one. I was like, I'm all in on the Timberwolves. Week three, I'm like, I'm done with the Timberwolves now. <laughs> I don't know if I can get back on that train. I don't know if I'm allowed back on the uh, on the bandwagon for the T-Wolves. But that Anthony Edwards addition, picking him and, and watching him grow has been, I mean, he's been huge for them. He's been great. He's, he had 21 points against the Pacers. And, and he's someone who they need his energy and they need his ability to take uh, his offensive ability for the defense to not focus so much on on Cat sometimes. So, I don't know what the future is for the Timberwolves, Zach. I have I have no idea what that team is. To be honest, I don't know if they're a good team. Are they are they fake good? Like I I don't know. Do you is, is this a team that looks like it's the potential to be a decent playoff team? They just gotta they gotta win more games. They gotta continue to fight, and they gotta show the league and put the league on notice that they can win games and win games against good competition yes. like the Miami Heat, like the Philadelphia 76ers with the healthy Joel and B like they've done so far this year. And then they'll be able to, you know, stay at the forefront in the middle of the pack in the Western conference. All right. So we talked about the Timberwolves. Let's talk about another team uh, that I don't like. And Uh-oh. don't have high hopes for, and that is the team that plays in the world's most famous arena, Bing Bong, the New York Knicks. <laughs> I I think I'm out. I think I'm out on the Knicks, and I was I was hopeful for them. I was hopeful they were going to have a good season. They they had a pretty decent starting lineup, you would think. Tom Thibodeau and his second year coaching the team, and then what happens? Middle of the road Eastern Conference team. Their offensive line or their their starting lineup is one of the worst starting lineups in the league this season. They're giving up 15 more points than they're scoring. Kemba now has been kicked out of not only the starting lineup but kicked out of the rotation by Tom Thibodeau. It's terrible. Nothing's going right in New York this season. Nothing at all is going right in New York City. It's only thing going right in the state of New York as it relates to. Sports, it's the it's Buffalo Brooklyn. Bills. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo yeah. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets, they winning games, but I know they wish they could have that extra, that extra chess piece yep. to really be superior out there in the East. I know they do in, K- in Kyrie Irving. And so, yeah, man, New York Knicks, man, it's tough, man. Remember, we talked about it, Kemba, Kemba no knees. You know saying? He ain't got no knees no more. And so if you can't, you can't provide that offensive spark, that we've been accustomed to from your Charlotte days and even glimpse in Boston, then and we know you're not bringing nothing defensively, then it's pretty tough to yeah. really keep him out there, Ben. I mean, it sucks because I love Kemba and I, I always root for Kemba, but it just, I don't know if he, does he not have it anymore? Like, I don't know if it's time for us to actually be saying something like that, but he hasn't looked good. And I think there was a reason Brad Stevens, once he took charge of the Celtics, wanted to trade him away. Yeah. So it sucks, but I don't know if he has it anymore. 
and that's just that's because of health reasons. It has nothing to do with you know what I'm saying his ability to play because we know we know you know at full strength Kim Walker can play and get buckets, but he's a high volume scorer, which means he needs he needs a few more he needs a few shots, and that's not really okay. predicated towards what Tom Thibodeau wants to do, and so. You know, 11 points, four assists, 30 some percent shooting. That's not a Kim Walker we've seen. And so, yeah, I think he's on one and a half leg. He's, you know, dealing with some injuries that, you know, that's unspoke of. And that's led him to being on the bench and Alec Burks being oh, in the yeah. starting lineup. You never, you, you never want your team to rely on Alec Burks. I like the guy, but I don't think you <laughs> want to you hone your team turning it around on Alec Burks. <laughs> That's oh, how thanks. you know you might, that might. That's how you know you might be in a little bit of trouble. Um, what are you denying, Zach? You're going down I'm to denying, Texas. Yes, we are, and I'm denying the idea of firing Houston Rockets head coach Stephen Silas. Folks are tripping for even throwing that even out there because they haven't even given this man the opportunity, you know, to get this team rolling. And look, as of late, they've won three in a row since those rumors even spurred out there. You know, they had won, they had lost 15 in a row and they started throwing their question out there. Should Steven Silas have the job for the Houston Rockets? I saw it on Twitter and I was really upset about that because, you know what I'm saying? With all the chaos that transpired with him and the team and James Harden leaving him to go out there to try to win a ring only to come up short to the guy, you know, that he said didn't have any skill. But that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> but, Steven, but Steven Silas has had the Houston Rockets on a three-game winning streak since the fire, since the firing rumors, and I'm happy about that. And they need to keep him an opportunity. And John Wall, I hear, is returning, so that's all good, too. Yeah, Houston's one of those teams in the past couple of weeks where betting wise, I was like, you just always have to fade the team because they're they're going to lose. They're not they're going to lose. They're not even going to cover. And usually they had double digit spreads. Um, so I, I was very happy betting against them. But now I, they look competent, which is a step in <laughs> step in the right direction for the Rockets. They look like a competent team. They're young. They have some good pieces. So Still maybe young, yes. we're seeing kind of that improvement from the Rockets that they had hoped for. Uh, maybe a little sooner than they would have guessed from this team. And then maybe that's because of Silas. And then, you know, you're going to get this addition with John Wall, who's going to bring the leadership. And I think this is just going to yeah. be a resume uh, application for him. So he'll be able to show other teams that he can still play towards the trade deadline. I think they may possibly make a move. Or if not, you know, they may have to just consider. Because if you want to go all in on KPJ, Kevin Porter Jr., and Jalen Green as your backcourt, then you got to try to move that $40 million man, John Wall, or you may have to just, you know, wave him so we can go somewhere else and just keep that. I know you got to keep that money on your <laughs> yeah, I know you keeping tough. that money on your books is pretty tough, you know. But ultimately, it'll really give the locker room, you know, good energy, and they yep. they'll know they'll they won't have any like complications or confusions as you know where the team's going or who's in the lineup or who's playing how many minutes or anything of that nature. You will know for sure with KPJ and Jalen Green and Christian Wood as your forefront in the offense. Yeah, and we I do hope to see Houston get get better by as the year goes on because that if that team becomes good, they're gonna have a lot of players. They're really, really fun to watch if they at least become at the very least entertaining to watch because of of their youth. Uh, things we want to see this week. 
Zach, things we want to see. And you mentioned this team earlier on in the podcast, the Washington Wizards. I want the Wizards to show us who they are. Because <laughs> kind of like the Timberwolves, I'm not sure. I'm not, not sure, sure 100% I'm sure, what this team is. <laughs> I, I'm a little bit more sure about what this team is than the Timberwolves. But they've been struggling recently, the Wizards. Their defense hasn't been as good. They haven't been scoring as well. They've been losing to teams they shouldn't be losing to. And they're still fourth in the East. They're still fourth. They're tied with the Bucks for fourth in the East. They've won five of their last ten, so they're they're 500. I, I, I don't know. I, I know Bertans, who I think is a really important cog in that team. If Bertans is playing well, the team tends to play well. And, and it's weird that he's like that main guy, that if he plays well, the whole team plays well. But his three-point shooting is so important, and he's in a funk. I mean, I think he's had like one or two three-point shots in the last few games. Like he, he has just not been playing super well. Um, the team needs probably Rui Hachimura back, and he's going to come back sometime in December. So I think if Bertans can get out of his funk, if Hachimura can come back and be healthy and be the contributor that he was last season, maybe maybe the Wizards get it together and maybe they do prove that they're a top five team in the East. But right now, it just it doesn't seem that way. Yeah, they can't be losing to a team like the San Antonio Spurs. No disrespect no. to San Antonio Spurs, but that's a team that, you know, looks like they're in a rebuild mode. And, and you know, the Wizards, they're a playoff team right now. So, you know, and they've beaten quality teams before losing to the teams that they don't supposed to lose to. And so, you know, it looks like on the eye test, Spencer Dinwiddie's been a little passive aggressive as it relates to, you know, the games uh, offensively. And so, and that's been kind of something that was mentioned in the media a little bit too, that I had saw, you know, from yeah. some of the Bullets web pages. And so, I mean, I said the Bullets, <laughs> the Washington Wizards web pages. And so, it's the 90s. That, that's something they'll have to turn around. And I think they will. I think Bradley Bill will be able to get them back in the winning wage because he's coming off performance where he was about five for 21. You know, and you don't, you yeah. don't really want that. So, uh, we'll see what the Wizards do. All right. What do you want to see this week? I want to see the Hornets handle their tough stretch that they are currently in right now, man. They're coming off a loss to Chicago Bulls. Yes, my boys, <laughs> boys and friends. And it was a good game, you know. Lamelo, Lonzo, you know, they gave us a show for the most part. But uh, I just want to, and they and they fought because they were down twenty in that game too, you know, the Hornets, and they fought and they got it close to win about like four points or six points before uh, Demar Derozan just kind of took over, Vucevic just kind of took over in the fourth quarter Finally. and pulled it away. And yeah. it, like I said, it was a good game, but you know, you want to see, you know, if the Charlotte Hornets, this young team led by Lamelo Ball and Miles Bridges in the game, Gordon Hayward, you know, the vet if they can really win some of those tougher games down the stretch of their upcoming uh, uh, week, you know, as it relates to the season. You want to see what they can really do. Who do they play in the next few outings, uh, being the uh, Charlotte Hornets? They play the Bucks see? today on Wednesday. Then they go to Atlanta and play the Hawks, the team that's unbelievable at home. Another tough they play team. play the 76ers next week. They play the 76ers back-to-back at home. And Joel so, Embiid's back, too. Yeah, they're playing some of the – better East teams in the next four games, the box Hawks and twice with the 76ers. So this is, this is the time where we see what the Hornets are, are made of, I think. And, and they did struggle against the bulls, but they kind of got the bulls at a bad time because the bulls had really struggled last week and they're a good enough team to make that bounce back. They were at home okay. again for the second time in a row. So I understand them losing. And I think it was good. As you said, that they showed fight to come back from double digits. Mm-hmm. 
but this is where we see what they're made of the next four yes. games. I think if they can go two and two, I think we'll still have questions, but at least we won't have doubts if they're a decent enough team. But if they go, you know, three and one, maybe we'll we'll start to take them a little bit more seriously. Be a little tough. They, they need Mason Plumley for sure. They need him to be healthy. I think that's what helped Vucevic play really well was no Mason Plumley down low to to block him or to, to to box him out to do anything like that because he did struggle sometimes with, with some physical players. Okay. So I think that was that that definitely helped Vucevic. Um, stat of the week. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Ooh, we well, have listen. Stat of the week, Zach. Well, stat of the week is based upon last week. Now it could be seventeen. <laughs> when I remember, it could be seventeen. It could be, it could be seventeen. 16 16 of the last, of the last <laughs> 17. <laughs> so the stat of the week this week, we're rolling with that team down in the Valley. The Phoenix Suns, they have won 16 in a row so far this year. It is insane. As of this recording. Yes, as of this recording. Again, it could be 17. <laughs> and we could just change that of the week. We could put an X and put 17. If they do, we'll just dub over with the win. But yes, they've played exceptionally well. They're top five offensively, defensively. They're beating teams by 11 plus points. They have four of the four of the 16 wins are at least by 20 plus points. And so they're putting teams away that they're supposed to put away. And we're going to see what they're made of this week as they take on the Golden State Warriors, not once, but twice. Yeah, they're good. They're they're a really really good team now. <laughs> so Zach, before we close it out, you have your game of the week. Yes, your betting corner do. time, mm-hmm. and you are looking at Friday's game between the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors. Yes. Now, depending on what transpires in that game, I believe actually, you know, just to throw it out there, you know, who knows what will happen, but Phoenix Suns, I believe, will at least win one of these games. And I believe the one that they're going to win will be the one on Friday night. I don't know if they win the, the first one, but I know on Friday night, I believe money line, the Phoenix Suns will come away with the win. I like it. Phoenix Sun, you're, you're, you're looking toward even Friday. It's Tuesday and you're looking Friday already <laughs> betting money lines. I love it. Yes. That's, you know, I believe, I believe they got to do it right. Cause they can't. If they go 0-2, that's going to look real shaky against yeah, the team, you know, that's rolling and they go to State Warriors. So, you know, I do believe that if they if they do lose the first one, that they'll be able to ultimately bounce back on Friday night and take it away. And so on that note, that's going to conclude this edition of the Points in the Paint podcast. Make sure you follow the Points in the Paint podcast at Points Paint on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the YouTube page. Make sure you follow Psalms for all your NBA news around the association. Catch ITA inside the association with Cam Smith and get all your betting tips. For my main man, Ben Wittenstein and Nate Jacobson for Sharp Lessons and Tape Don't Lie with Michael Felder for all things football. That great podcast with wonderful guests. And you will hear from us, Zach and Ben, next week. 